We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Rooney Biz Basketball Show. My name is Colin Kelly, follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by my co-host here on the show, it is Zachary Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. We have another Zach, or a Zachary, I guess we could say here, of, uh, of a different format. It is JJ Zacharyson, who you can follow on Twitter at LateRoundQB. I'm sure you're already doing so, but if you aren't, please rectify that immediately. You can check out all his work as well at LateRound.com and, of course, the fantastic lit round fantasy podcast that he does himself but then of course the live in the stream podcast with denny carter so lots of amazing content coming out as well as the draft guide which we'll touch on in a moment but jj welcome to the the live stream yeah thanks for having me guys i really appreciate it i don't know if i'd consider living the stream a fantasy football podcast at this point uh and it's in its in its lifespan but yeah you can listen to that for sure if you want some uh some some uh bathroom etiquette takes and whatnot yeah, myself and Sean Siegel have been trying to work some of those shows into the uh, road of his overtime kind of rotation. I don't know if, I don't know, hopefully people are still coming for the fantasy football takes as well, but yeah, yeah fun fun stuff there. Um, I did mention the draft guide, we'll give it a, a quick plug off the top, but uh, you're probably better to to give your thoughts into it than I am at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, uh, I put together a, a draft guide that I didn't, I didn't really want to make it, um, you know, like super player profile focused and stuff, which is great if people like that stuff or if there are content creators that are doing things that way. Uh, I, I really wanted to focus on the strategy side and the game theory side of fantasy football um, and, and really sort of cater all of that work to the 2022 season. And so um, you know, in that guide, you know, you can get my take on variance and uh, positional uh, value and, you know, f- ways to find breakouts at running back and wide receiver and tight end and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to just, you know, draft this guy. Uh, there is some of that draft this guy stuff towards the end, but the bulk of it is very much strategy driven uh, because I think it's just important to have that foundation. I know that Rotoviz obviously is, is very into that as well. Yeah, very much so. And Zach, you're the man for the quote. What is the quote? The the teaching to fish quote. Do you want to give it a recap again? Yeah, you can you can you can teach, you can give a man a fish and you can feed him for a day, or you can teach a man to fish and you can feed him for a lifetime. So, it sounds so like right. JJ is teaching people how to fish. That's right. Yeah. Uh, learn how to fish and don't be a fish i think that's the best way as well to to look into it very but, applicable yeah. for fantasy <laughs> yeah I, I think you can you can get like you know the player takes and that's obviously very important like you mentioned but 
you know having the structure having the the elements of the draft and how to you know organize your fantasy football team from that perspective i think is much more valuable so definitely check out that and of course you can check out everything coming from jj over at litround.com we are going to draft in the underdog puppy tree in just a couple of moments that's going to be fun myself zach and obviously jj we uh we have to probably touch on the, the east coast dads thing I, I was talking to you by a dm when we were organizing this you mentioned it was your daughter's birthday over the past weekend it's interesting i've mentioned this to a number of my friends who have kids around the same age as my daughter but she turned four in april and when you had your child and it felt like there was a big gap i was like oh my daughter's like two months old now there's such a gap but then when it gets to they're both the same age like that it's so close and and uh, i guess we have to give a, a shout out to her for her birthday over the past weekend yeah, thank you. Thank you. I have my my Funkos behind me for my birthday back in February. She got me an Elsa and Anna uh, Funko back there. And I think I got a Tinkerbell one from for Father's Day. So she's been she's been adding to the uh, to the backdrop here a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's it's wild where, uh, you know, when these when these kids are born, uh, you think so much about like like the age gap between, you know, like a two year old to a, a newborn is like massive because they're completely different human beings. But then when they're 30 and 28 they're literally the exact same you know i mean it's just that as you age that age gap matters a lot less but obviously when it comes to fantasy football in the nfl age age does indeed matter when you are you know in your 20s and in your early 30s yeah it certainly does if those guys are in their early 30s maybe you don't want to have them all in your fantasy football rosters but yeah the the age difference between like a you know a 30 year old now or we're at that kind of age and a you know 60 year old doesn't seem that much uh, compared to what you mentioned so fun times but that that's the end of our age analytics discussion here in terms of real life we will talk about it throughout the draft in terms of the players themselves but zach we are ready to go here i think we should get ready to jump in i'm I'm excited for it Uh, have you been drafting much in these uh tournaments you know the the larger field tournaments uh jj i've been trying to um you know i've you know, since basically the draft ended, the NFL draft ended, uh, I've been trying to to grind as many as possible. Um, so, you know, I have a, a decent feel for ADP and sort of the guys that are moving and such like that and team builds that I generally go with. Um, so, yeah, you know, I've been I've been getting into it. And uh, I guess then that takes us to I know we'll probably talk about it, throughout, But lit round quarterback in 2022, particularly in these best ball drafts, we usually try and get two quarterbacks in the window. So usually one of the elite ones and then kind of a, a secondary upper tier quarterback. Is that something that you're looking to do in these drafts? Or are you looking to wait it out and see what we can do? I like to let the guest influence us a little bit in these drafts. So we're kind of going to go with what you're looking to do. Yeah, no, I, I, I've, I've certainly done that. Um, you know, I get a lot of those like fifth, sixth round guys to, to get my anchor at quarterback. Um, and then, you know, I will get, you know, maybe like a cousins type or even, you know, a little bit later, like I don't mind getting Trevor Lawrence as my QB two or something like that and stacking some Jags. Um, you know, no pun intended. Yeah. I was going to say stacking some Jags. I can go a couple ways. <laughs> yeah, you're not just getting Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault in there. You go. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, the thing with, with the quarterback position, that's pretty glaring with some of the research that I did for the guide and such is that, um, you know, the market has just gotten a lot sharper when it comes to quarterbacks. It's not really that the quarter, these elite quarterbacks are giving you that much more significant of an edge that they've given you historically, like over the last 10 years or so, it's really that people are finally uh, realizing the value of mobility at the quarterback position. And they're finally valuing that properly. So it's a little bit more difficult to get quarterbacks later. I mean, the one, statistic that i always throw out there is how uh top 18 quarterbacks by adp since 2011 if you look at the correlation between adp versus uh points per game 
that correlation was like non-existent in like 2015 and 2018. Now that correlation is like 55%. I mean, it's actually pretty strong among those players. So we're seeing a lot more predictability at the position, which drives up those costs. Yeah. And we're talking about a lot about drafters getting smarter. There's more information out there. There's the information, for example, that you have in that guide. And that means that people are like we joked about learning to fish and rather than just being told which players to draft. And that leads to better ADPs and so on. So we're seeing a, a smarter community as a whole. We do get the 108 here, Zach. What way are you looking, uh, you know, hoping that we start out this this particular draft? We, I, I mentioned this last <laughs> week. My draft slots were going really well, 105 and up this last week. They've been all basically 108 or back. So that has changed dramatically. What are you looking at here, Zach, uh, when, when we're sitting on the board? Yeah, I'm definitely convinced that some of these sites just have you cycled through. So I've, it's been a late week for me as well. Uh, Stefan Diggs is kind of always my, my immediate go-to if he happens to make it to us here which he does. I'd be curious to know before we make a pick where JJ is leaning with this first start. Yeah, I, I'm fine with Diggs. I'd probably go either Diggs or, or Dalvin Cook here. Um, you know, just I think Dalvin has that like RB1 upside this season. I'm I'm mostly fading Derrick Henry, um, you know, at least at this at this kind of cost. I mean, he falls at times where I'll, where I'll get him. Uh, but Saquon going 107 was pretty rich. I'm, I'm fine with either Diggs or, or Cook here. I'm going to go with Cook just because we don't start teams this way. We always sit okay. on road of us start uh, wide receiver. So let's start running back and, and go with uh, Dalvin Cook and see what yeah. happens. He also opens up, you know, the, I I like Minnesota stacks a good bit. Um, and so he opens that up, uh, you know, with that, with that, with that choice. The, the one thing I will say is that round two is, is pretty ripe with running backs. You know, if I want to go, and I usually go like with anchor RB uh, with a lot of my builds. And so, in a situation like this, you're sort of hoping that a guy like C.D. Lamb falls somehow into that mid-second. Otherwise, you're looking at potentially an RBRB start, mm -hmm. and then you got to hope that in the third <laughs> that a player that you might, you know, whatever wide receiver, uh, without hitting that like tier break where you know from an ADP perspective, that tier break is like where Jalen Waddle goes or whatever. Like you got to hope that like a DJ Moore is there or something like that. You can feel good about that wide receiver one spot. Yeah, there's a needle to tread there in terms of how it plays out. You mentioned C.D. Lamb. He does go uh, two picks later. So we have Stefan Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams going back to back. We are to the 112 pick. So we'll see when it comes back to us in five picks time. But as you mentioned, it can sometimes get to that situation where you do get nipped out and it does become uh, an RB, RB start. But we will see. We, we like to do different things at different times and see how those drafts play out. Um, we'll see how that plays back. The player that would also potentially be there could be Debo Samuel for example but that needle then has to get treaded again in that third round and, and maybe somebody like Kyle Pitts might last back to that point but Zach we are two picks away let's see let's see who's uh, available here I know we don't want to show off our queue in these at times but let's see who's available yeah everyone just snipes us but I went ahead and threw Debo Samuel in there uh I, I think he's, you know, kind of fallen a little bit. Of course, he's gone. Thank you to a lovely viewer, I'm sure. Uh, JJ, where are, you, where are you leaning at here now if the same is off the board? I'm cool with going RBRB here, which I know uh, is is not the uh, the road of his way. It's not really my way in most of these drafts either. But I, I do think that if we do that, then we can feel good about just like pounding wide receiver, maybe even tight end later, uh, you know, in, in the fourth or something like that. So I would go Mixon personally, um, but I'm cool with Aaron Jones too in this tier. Let's do mix them. This is this is getting crazy now. Uh, hopefully, we don't automatically get shut off by the the people behind the scenes at Rotoviz with the RBRB start. I'd like to think that they're going to be gracious enough to know that this is just something we're doing with a guest who wants to go RBRB. This is start. an experiment. Like it's yeah, just an experiment. I, it's, it's it's just we're having fun here, guys. Yeah, I mean, really, I I, I honestly do go anchor RB here, RB whatever. Uh, you know, in most 
most cases. Um, but you know, a lot of my research also shows that the first two rounds are definitely ripe for, for running back, uh, ceiling. Um, and then once you hit that third, I mean, we can see it in ADP too. I feel like at the running back position this year, it's just like, once you get past that, like four net area, it just, you start to hit that wall. And it's like, you just, you don't feel comfortable with some of the, the running backs that are on the board there. Whereas some of the wide receivers are, are still fairly strong. And I, I think with a build like this too, if you can get a good wide receiver one in the fourth or sorry, in the third, once you get to the fourth, you can start thinking like Darren Waller or something, if he's there and you can feel okay about getting that anchor at tight end then too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Me and Sean actually drafted yesterday, and this draft will come out on Thursday for people watching this live. We did go with a, a hyper-fragile build where we took three running backs in those first four rounds and then held off, and we just drafted the five running backs in the draft. So we aren't opposed to doing something like that. The one part that I think can become challenging, particularly in the underdog drafts, is we've seen after you go Dalvin Cook, Bennett, Stefan Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, all gone before it gets back to our next pick. Sometimes that wide receiver avalanche can catch you out. And when you then get into the third round, running back again may be the you know, preferred option by, I guess we'll say, value. That can lead into a situation then when the, the wide receivers continue to dry up. So you're going to have to pivot at some point and it can leave you a little bit weak there. But we are early in this. I probably would have went Aaron Jones over Mixon, but the Mixon play is something that I haven't done much this year and the thing that can be very interesting about that is me and zach and a lot of uh, i guess people drafting it in a road of his style are targeting the likes of jamar chase t higgins for example and that then is leading to all your exposure is on that side but then if we do get to some of these big playoff weeks and all of a sudden joe mixon rushes in three touchdowns from you know seven yards out the exposure then you can really get an edge on the entire field by having somebody like a mixon in that lineup the other part that would have been interesting with Aaron Jones is I don't have week 17 in front of me and I haven't drafted much Dalvin Cook, but I believe the Packers and Vikings are oh, yeah, week 17. Yeah. So that could have been an interesting play. You don't usually want to uh, stack running backs against each other, but the thing that can happen with those two guys is they do have that pass catch and profile, which could have been, been interesting. But we are three full picks and then our pick will be up since we picked last. Mike Evans, Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews, T. Higgins, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin. Then we have Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette, Keenan Allen. So there will be options here for us at wide receiver. Michael Pittman going off the board. Let's uh, show us the way here, Zach. You mentioned potentially going for Waller in the fourth round. Uh, Pitts may be an option here for us in the third round. Would he be somebody who interested you, or do you want to go with a Mike Evans, DJ Moore kind of guy here and then see if we get one of those wide or tight ends sorry, back in the, the fourth? Yeah, I, I generally will go with either like a Mike Williams or, or DJ Moore here. I, I'm It's up to you guys with what direction we want to go there. I've been getting pits in the fourth and plenty of drafts. And so I generally get my exposure that way. You know, that's that's what it's come down to because he will fall in some drafts. Call him, make the call. More DJ Williams, Moore. I figured. <laughs> I know uh, that's how this goes at this point in time. <laughs> no, I, and I've drafted a, a lot of uh, Mike Williams as well. Um, yeah, so same. DJ Moore is somebody who just when i've been drafting i've been willing to take mike williams sometimes at the early part of the the third round but just uh here i think the other thing i think with the the tight end part when we were discussing it there having those two running backs to start things off i am willing to usually pass on the tight end in the third round to make sure we get you know a solid wide receiver there so part of the play if we get pets to come back here i think that would be a dream scenario uh, outside of that maybe we're bouncing back to a, another wide receiver 
we have started with the two running backs dj moore another interest there is some interesting running back options here if we did want to go all out with a hyper fragile build but we'll see how it plays out zach how are you feeling through the opening three rounds here uh so far so good i actually really like the way it's shaping up i i actually hadn't thought much about the the pits call of him falling in the in the fourth round not that it's a steep fall but i mean nine nine ten picks for a guy like kyle pitts seems like steep enough where you definitely taking him in the fourth round when you get him so at least from a personal standpoint i'll be keeping miles on that going forward in drafts but i like some of the wide receivers we have coming available to us there are a few guys who i've been drafting who i'm now kind of hesitant to pull the trigger on given their current situation uh Deontay Johnson being one that I'm very high on who who I mean there's not a lot going on with him right now with his contract situation so um and he has no quarterback yeah and he has no quarterback which is usually not good um but then also you know some of these Denver wide receivers are getting a little bit more propped up after the Tim Patrick news yesterday so there's there's a few different options here that I think we can go with I'll I'll get ready to show Q in just a second here I've only got three guys in there, so I hope we have someone who we like. Uh, we can certainly get a few more also. Uh, so Mike Williams did go in the following pick, then Travis Etienne, Cortland Sutton, Josh Allen's the first quarterback off the board, Marquise Brown, Jalen Waddle. It is going to be interesting to see how the Denver ADPs settle for the wide receivers over the, the coming days after the Tim Patrick news. But yeah, some I, I'm seeing, especially in live drafts, even slow drafts that I'm in, I'm in some slow FFPC drafts, in those particular drafts, there is some wild overreactions to uh, to some of the training camp news. Disappointing, Kyle Pitts goes off the board one pick. I think that would have been a, a super pick there. Anyone you feel strongly about here? We have, we have 20 seconds as we move forward. I don't feel strongly about Do you guys feel strongly about anything here? I would no, probably not. just go Judy. I've, I've gotten a lot of him. That's fine. I, I think I would go Waller to get the tight end based on that as a flat enough area at wide receiver here. All right, let's let's do, let's do Waller. Let's do Waller. I, I I never take players who call him likes, and then I hear about it for the rest of the week. So, if you're gonna throw your pitch for Waller, we'll get it, get out of the way now. Yeah, at least next week it. before I see you at the Fantasy Football <laughs> Expo. I know I don't have to hear about anything. So I, I, I realize that. So uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach, you know, for weeks didn't care if he just ignored me in all these drafts, but now that I'm actually going to meet up with him in Washington next week, he is starting to get he's starting to get a little bit. Yeah, I hate to be smart. attacked smart <laughs> so uh, we do start off we have dj moore we have darn waller we have joe mixon and we have dalvin cook so it's an interesting start uh to pick things up i just feel that when we missed i would have loved pets there would have been a, an absolutely phenomenal pick Um, so disappointing for that to happen but it was an area there wide receiver who when waddle goes and i do like both the denver broncos wide receivers but i think sometimes it can be reaction to the news to try and just get them on the roster and obviously we're going to draft kj hamler later in the draft as well to to make Heck all yeah. things right with the world but uh yeah gabe davis goes off the board i've noticed as well i've seen this on the ffpc i've seen it here for the first time in this draft gabriel's gone it is officially gabe season is that right yeah i mean i i i picked him in the the pros versus joe's draft recently uh i went i went the gabe davis route but yeah i guess he's is he is he now officially gabe davis and not gabriel davis is that happening well it's changed on the fantasy site so i'm guessing that's the official confirmation but it is now gabe for for anyone that's listening along um i like this year is the name the name change season we had ken walker we have uh actually it was last year robbie anderson i think made the change we've had a the Saints, the Saints wide receiver has completely changed his name. I can't think of uh, Hardy or Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Deontay, Deontay uh, Hardy, and he was Harris before, right? Yeah, so yeah. it just, just changed everything up. But um, we have had a little bit of a quarterback run here in the, the fourth round. We have Justin Herbert, we have Deontay Johnson, Jerry Judy, Lamar Jackson, 
Patrick Mahomes, George Kittle. Um, anything that you're looking to do in these rounds now that we have the two running backs, I'm really looking to try and get two quarterbacks probably before round 10, maybe as far as round 12. And then I think a lot of our other picks here are probably going to be at wide receiver, depending on how things fall. But my fear is here wide receiver could be flat for a couple of rounds and we, we may need to have it in different directions. Yeah, I would agree. My only my only thing right now is that we just need to formulate some sort of stack somehow. Um, you know, I just we'll see what quarterback is is there. Um, you know, Kyler might be I I was interested maybe in going the Godwin route in the fifth just to, to pair him with DJ Moore for that uh, correlation at the end of the season. Um, but I, I'm OK with going wide receiver or quarterback around this time. But I, I do. You know, there's also the chance that we could even get like a Hertz uh or something like that in the sixth and be able to to have i just am, you know again worried a little bit about what kind of correlation we would get and what kind of stack we could get yeah i've been drafting quite a bit of darnell mooney i don't know i like them to try and pair him with uh justin yeah. fields but yeah. he is somebody who goes in this range is he somebody who interests you i'd be fine with mooney that's not a problem with me and then we could we could force it with fields a little bit later okay Yeah, I've been get Fields is probably my I think he's my highest rostered quarterback so far. Um Yeah, I'm starting to get to the point where I'm you know, there's certain players where you do get to at this point when you're like fifty drafts in or you're yeah. like, mm, maybe it's time to slow down here. But uh I, I've done a f- quite a few of the FFPC Superflex tournament drafts and um yeah, I seem to be just getting them. Even I passed on him in the third round in a, a recent draft and he looked back around to me in the fourth and I was like, Well, I just have to take him again. So these yeah. things are the, the way things are playing out. So we do go Mooney. Uh, I, I've been stacking up quite a bit based on the fact that I've been getting Fields and Mooney. I've been pairing that then with Hawkinson or with the Lions uh, playmakers as well in that Week 17. Not not the sexiest Week 17 game, but I have uh, a lot of exposure to it at the moment. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It is early. Are you looking in terms of stacks to stack purely quarterbacks with playmakers, or are you also trying to get those you know playoff correlations as well in uh, JJ? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for the playoff correlations as well. So, I mean, even, you know, we have Waller. We could look, we can go the San Francisco route. We could look at like a Trey Lance even as QB1 with this and we can get Fields as QB2. I think that could even work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking. That was part of the reason why I was semi-interested in Godwin going there with with a little bit more optimism around his knee. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I, I first and foremost am looking for – single team stacks of course uh yeah. but if i can if i can finagle and, and get those week 17 correlations i try to yeah it's that, it's that kind of balance i keep talking about getting them at the the correct price and when the opportunity arises rather than forcing those in uh looking here as we are back on the clock we'll let you talk adam Thielen is not one of my favorite guys neither is michael thomas so make up that information as you wish uh, how do you want to play it here at this particular pick uh, jj i mean of these wide receivers I'm, i've gotten elijah Moore most um of these guys so i'm cool with going that direction if you guys want to yeah we can do that um i I, so let's just go with that just i i don't love how thin we are receiver and the one thing i was kind of eyeing up just as as we get a little bit deeper into this thing i think we're kind of set up to do a couple of actual late round qb stacks uh maybe for the brand perhaps uh for for that because guys like uh you know Derek Carr and and uh, even Kirk Cousins would would work well with our lineup here and we can get them a little bit later on so Lance I like but I, I was kind of comfortable fading him here just to go ahead and get the yeah. wide receiver and I really do like Elijah Moore as well I've got a lot of him so I thought that was a pretty easy call yeah I just wanted to make sure that 
we didn't draft uh, Adam Thielen or Michael Thomas after that. I was fine with those. <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't. I haven't uh, gotten a ton of uh, of that. I mean, I'm I'm buying a little bit more into Michael Thomas just given uh, what we've seen, you know, over the last week and or, or so. I will say with Thielen, you know, I think Thielen's one of those guys where like on paper, it looks fine. And, you know, you can walk away from projections big. Like, oh, man, Adam Thielen's a big val- a big value right now. But there's a lot of like ADP historical trends that I've looked at that say Adam Thielen's not the best bet in the world. I mean, he has, you know, middle round wide receivers generally are, are poor bets when they have early round teammates. Uh, and so obviously Justin Jefferson going there, which makes sense because they're the early round alphas are gobbling up high target shares. So there's less room for real ceiling and growth. Um, and then obviously the age thing, um, you know, we just generally see more of these second year wide receivers in the middle rounds uh, hit, which is why, you know, I've been going Elijah more so much than we do see, you know, these, these Adam Thielen types. So, you know, I, I understand why people are like in on Thielen the way they are. I mean, the, the offense is definitely more attractive this year on paper. Um, and, and he was productive when healthy. It's just that he's getting up there in age and there's just a lot that can go wrong with Thielen this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We, we've talked about Thielen a good few times, but the, the age is a big concern, the injury history, and the obviously players who score touchdowns, we can say that he may score those touchdowns again. He doesn't have to be the most athletic player in the world to actually get that red zone work, but if he doesn't hit those double-digit touchdowns, he is never going to return value on that ADP. And we are in this this particular round, is sometimes where I pivot into the, the early quarterback, and that is, you know, we have Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper, there's a lot of kind of veterans that I'm bypassing in this range. You know, then we have Josh Jacobs as a running back. There's a number of concerns that I have across this particular round, six, round seven region. So to get Elijah Moore, they're very happy. The other person that I would have been happy to take would have been Devontae Smith, and he is still there. So we'll see if he gets back. We don't want to jinx things too much. But it feels like Zach said there, we may be going with the lit round approach here for uh, just, just for uh, brand. Fun for the brand? Yeah. Yeah, always, always good. Uh, JJ, as far as Adam Thielen goes, one guy who I've been interested in getting a little bit more of in drafts, just just kind of factoring in some of what you said about Thielen, is KJ Osborne. Do you do you like him as kind of a, a pivot off of Thielen, just in general, but then even for this kind of build that we're shaping up with here? Yeah, I love him. Uh, you know, there, there's that like that group of players that you're just kind of throwing darts at uh, in that in that tier. It's like Josh Palmer and Van Jefferson before he was just just guys who, you know, don't necessarily like like uh, get you like super excited from like a profile standpoint. But, you know, that, uh, you know, their their teams could could throw a lot of 11 personnel out there and they could be on the field and run a lot of routes. Um, and the thing with Osborne in particular is not only did he have like underrated production just in general from an age standpoint, but also, um, you know, the, the, the competition for him, I would argue at the two spot at wide receiver for Minnesota is a lot easier to overcome because of injury, mm-hmm. et cetera, than what we're going to see from like a van with Allen Robinson or like a, a Josh Palmer with a Mike Williams. Um, and, and he's also just very, I mean, stackable too. Like I said, I like going the, the Minnesota route with the stacks. Yeah. Yeah. So we are back on the clock. Um, couple of players going off the board just before we went um so zach loves when i talk when we are counting down the seconds how are you feeling jj here at this particular pick anyone really standing out for you at this point trail and burks might be my favorite option um or tj hawkinson to go with the uh the, yeah, the double seconds. tight end approach you want to go burks that's fine uh i don't have like a super super strong lean with uh with these guys there, there's a lot of good research uh that i did on, on rookie wide receivers and i'm sure you guys have come to similar conclusions but 
middle round top 100 rookie wide receivers in particular from an ADP standpoint. So obviously Drake London is going to be locked in there. We'll see like in home because a lot of the ADP data I use is more like home league, you know, just like regular league, not necessarily because this is sharper ADP, but um, top 100 rookies historically have been amazing bets, just unbelievable bets at exceeding ADP expectation. And the great part about rookies is that they generally perform a lot better during the second half of the season, which is this, the part of the season where we need them to perform. So guy like Burks, I've been getting just a ton of rookie wide receivers in general. And then what we see too, is that uh, wide receivers that are ranked uh, 100 to 150 in overall ADP when they're rookies, uh, they generally see the, the most drastic difference between front half numbers to back half numbers. And so, which makes sense because, you know, they're usually like second or third round picks and the actual NFL draft, and they probably take a little bit more time to really get acclimated to their offense, and they're not starting right away necessarily. And so a lot of those wide receivers, those rookie wide receivers, I've been gobbling up to. I think, I mean, I was pretty bullish on this rookie wide receiver class in general. I thought it was a good class overall. Um, and so I, I think that we're going to see them make an impact uh, in year one in, in uh, redraft leagues. Yeah, and I think we're going to see them increase. And I've talked about this. I think the shine wore off after the NFL draft on some of the rookies and the, you know, the new cycle we are so enthralled with the new cycle we can see it this week where one thing happens it's all like this is amazing or this is terrible and when there's that gap after the nfl draft where people aren't really talking that much i think the excitement maybe wore off some of these rookies and trail and works obviously had the the news around his kind of conditioning i think we'll see him start to ascend a little bit in adp the one player that i was really hoping got back to us here was Branton Ayuk, so that was disappointing that he's gone off the board we will have a variety of different options here and uh, how, how are you feeling at this particular point, JJ, as to, to where we might pivot to? We are two picks away, so we should have some of our options here. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm still okay with going with another wide receiver here if we feel good about what's on the board. Uh, I um, the, the only downside with what is being built here is that we just like we're we're banking on these later rounds to be able to really bring it together with the correlations and stuff. But I do think that we're at least drafting good players, you know. So yeah. that's that's obviously a plus. Yeah, so I would be leaning in here to Sky Moore or Hawkinson. We have our kind of elite tight end, so I think we can pin it on him. Are we going Sky Moore? Yeah, I, I would go Sky Moore. We can't go Hawkinson. That's same bye week as Waller. Oh, yeah. Um, We've run into that problem before. Yeah. So I I personally like Sky Moore. I, I, I really kind of like the whole cast of characters we have here at, at wide receiver. It's uh it's maybe not the, the most star-studded group in terms of who we're used to seeing. And I think some of the, the drafts that Colm and I do with the just hammering wide receiver for the first five picks, but from like a talent perspective and kind of some of these bets that we're making on several of these younger guys ascending, like these are like everyone who I'm drafting, even with some of my later picks in these drafts. So I actually really like how it's rounding out given the RBRB start, which I like our top two running backs as well. Yeah. So obviously there's some concern as well yesterday with Sky Moore and the, the clip circulate and hopefully that seems yeah. to be okay, but it is a case that like we are going to draft players and then like, you know, 15 minutes later, they're going to be out for the season certain times it's, it's going to happen there's, there's no it's just that time of the year so we'll take we'll take those opportunities when they arrive it feels like we also started off running back running backs just so we could avoid drafting Devin Singletary again this week in the draft but <laughs> the next round is the yeah. range that he may go in but I think for for my safety and my sanity I think maybe if we get him to be drafted before it gets back to us uh, we don't usually root for people to draft our favorite players ahead of us but we'll see here when we have those two running backs but we are, uh, I'm starting to really like this build. And you mentioned not the star studded element, but we talked about the likes of Adam Thielen. You know, you want to be drafting these players who are ascending. You don't want to be drafting the players who are at the, the back end of their career who have most likely already peaked. So the likes of a trail on works, the likes of Skymore, 
Um, and I do think there's a huge opportunity in that Chiefs offense to to get a lot of work straight away based on on how that you know, offensive core has moved about this particular year. So Zach, give us a run through the the fall team as we uh, approach the ninth round here. Sure, thanks. So we got running backs Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, wide receivers DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore. We actually have more, more, more correlation here. That's uh, not something you see often, I'm sure. And then we also we have, have to get Rondell Moore now to see. Yeah, if we get Rondell Moore, we we knock it all out. And then we have tight end Darren Waller, still in search of our first quarterback, which is honestly where I'm leaning here right now, guys. Uh, it's I, I I've got. With, I mean, at this point in time, if you're listening, you probably know. I got Derek Carr at the top of the queue. Uh, that's right in his range. And then even Kirk Cousins on the bring back, I think, would be maybe the way to play it. If he were to go, we could go Justin Fields. Um, so I've got all three of them in there. But it might be quarterback, quarterback these next two picks unless just something insane happens. But it's probably quarterback, quarterback here. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. It makes sense. Yeah, no, that feels that feels exactly the the way to go here. So we'll see how it plays out over the next four picks. Um, TJ Hawkinson goes off the board. Tyler Lockett, Russell Gage, MVS, Chase Claypool, Chris Olave. But yeah, based on how things have started, I think this roster's um, you know turned out pretty well for us. Sometimes when you do start off with those running backs, like I mentioned, you can get caught out trying to build up your wide receivers. But these are all guys that I'm targeting in all my drafts. So I'm like, there's none of them that I felt that we really had to go out of our way to get so three picks away let's see what we can do i think the next four picks could be pivotal for this overall roster so we do have in the queue as you mentioned Derek Carr, kurt cousins and justin fields so we have waller it feels like based on that have you any strong preferences there you mentioned that you are stacking up minnesota i'll hold my hands up both hands are now in the air uh not doing a lot of kurt cousins stacking this season but uh this could be the this could be the first time. I think I I think Carr is the the pick here first, and then if Cousins is there, but I, I will say too, I I have Justin Fields ranked ahead of Cousins just straight up, like in my in my rankings is more that you know I I've stacked you know Fields is obviously there's two guys you stack with him, um so if I I'm very rarely just getting like a naked Fields, so if I don't get a Mooney early and someone gets Comet or something like that. Then I'm just pivoting to to a guy like Cousins, where I, you know, if I had Minnesota guys earlier on, then obviously there we go, Derek Carr. This could be a chance course. to take uh, Devin Singletary. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm willing to. Uh, well, I, I think we could probably hold off on the first quarterback here at this point, unless you want to go with Fields. But if we're to be honest, this has been one. We need a call. Yeah, I would go Singletary or Boyd if we're not going quarterback here. Let let's do Singletary. I I don't want to, but let's let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's just hope Terry here. We need one, to get those running like backs. I cannot believe this. This is the first draft that I've said that I openly didn't want to draft Evan Singletary, and nobody drafted him. So that is uh, that can happen. I, I do think just based on the way this is going to play out, we'll see. I, I think we get one of these quarterbacks coming back to could, us. Could uh, we have gone with Aaron Rodgers there? I was kind of going to maybe make a pitch for him. Not that we have any Packers at all, but enough of his wide receivers are going so late that to get him and maybe take a stab on a guy who could potentially turn into, I don't know, the Romeo Dobbs' ADP has gotten absolutely steamed over the last couple of days. He's going like 188 overall an hour or something like that. But just guys like that where you can still hopefully get a reliable quarterback off of the, the, the sniping of Carr. And then Aaron Rodgers, I think I probably would have actually been kind of okay with that. But I'm, I'm not sure where you guys would have been on that if we yeah, would have I mean- chosen to do so. 
I think in hindsight, it's making the, you know, the uh, mixing over Aaron Jones thing. If we had Aaron Jones, we'd probably feel a lot better just going Rogers there and just locking that in. Um, so it's good. It's a good hindsight lesson too. I mean, I, I've definitely paired Dalvin cook with Aaron Jones a good bit. Um, you know, just, just given that week 17 correlation too. Um, and then, like you said, there's just, there's a lot of darts to just generally throw, uh, with green Bay right now. Um, and you know, it's not like Alan Lazard is some lock. So, um, right. I, I am, I am a little upset that, that Dobbs is, is being pushed up draft boards the way he is. Cause he just seemed like a, an easy go to, uh, you know, throughout the off season. It's almost insane now. When I saw yeah. it last night, I couldn't believe it. We have going ahead of like JD. We, we have got crushed here, guys. Just to let you know, we have got yeah. absolutely annihilated. We're getting um, it. You know? It feels like maybe that means that Aaron Rodgers. The other thing we could do here is we could go yeah. with Rondell Moore and get all the Moors. But he did he go in the last couple of picks? But uh, I think we go Rodgers here. I think we got to go Rodgers and then just stack them with just who. I mean, if we to me, if we have to reach a little bit on like a Dobbs, is fine. But like, there's also you know, there's just just like. There's not a lot to love with the the pass catchers for for Green Bay right now. Um, no. You know, it's it's tough to buy into like a Sammy Watkins. It's even tough to buy into Robert Tunyon uh, with his with his ACL recovery. And so I was just going to ask about him, but he's yeah. not. There's not been a lot of good reports on Tunyon. I don't think has there. No, no. Um, the 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 pace of play is what always concerns me most with the Packers. It's just like being a Packers fan. I don't draft many Packers players, and that's usually because it's quite slow. I'd say. Rodgers and Devontae Adams and then obviously the running back so we'll see how it plays out here that was a disappointing turn maybe in hindsight obviously <laughs> uh, I think the car pick put us in a little bit of a bind I thought we would get one of those quarterbacks coming back to us. so we do miss out on Kirk Cousins Justin Fields and Rondell Moore they go the three picks before us so we'll see how we can round this out now as we finish out the 10th round eight rounds left to go can in this this particular range it looks like and feels like to me, unless things work out in a super unique way, that this probably leans into a three-quarterback build at this point. JJ, are you usually going three-quarterbacks if we're waiting this late? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
I'm not usually, okay. uh, but in situations like this, I am, uh, you know, I, and, and, you know, we have guys like we have, uh, you know, like Elijah Moore, for instance, where we could go, uh, Zach Wilson and, you know, plug our nose and hope that he can, can take a step forward. We have DJ Moore where we could technically go Baker super, super late as well. I mean, we, we at least have wide receivers that are not just tied to elite quarterbacks that have already gone. Um, and so I, I think this does lend itself to being, more of a, a three QB build. And, and fortunately we went with Darren Waller early. And so we don't have to worry about going three tight ends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Always afraid to, to ask you to pull up the, the queue here at this particular point, but yeah, I feel like we, we have some we, people in here. Yeah. We now have uh, three running backs in Devin Singletary and we have obviously two that we took at the start and uh, Dalvin cook and Joe Mixon. So I feel like at max in this draft, I'm looking to, you know, based on what we did at running back, I think we can, forward that one extra quarterback slot and, and hold off at a, a max of five running backs is that also what you're thinking at this point jj yep exactly exactly yep. so i think uh, we'll see uh, there's a lot of ways this can play out the, the quarterback part in waiting is a little bit disappointing but i think we can do it because as you mentioned the wide receivers that we have drafted there is going to be options even the likes of ryan Tannehill could potentially go in there as well with uh trail on work so um yeah lo- lots of options what are you hoping happens here zach over the next uh, two picks who are you hoping is the the player that lands back to us just someone who i like um no uh, i mean it, it's it's kind of really interesting right now this is a really gross area uh just for picks in general i actually threw julio jones in there because i think there's some tampa bay carolina correlation but we never know with that um two i think is 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 not a bad option there um as well just to get a second quarterback we don't have a lot we don't have a lot going for us right now so we got 10 seconds is there anyone who you're gonna implore for us to get jj um i'm cool with with julio or cole Komet. i would say dude let's do julio i feel like we haven't done a lot of julio and and i think that that kind of fits with the little bit of, let me look here real quick. i've got i've got my little correlation thing built up here so I we am- do get it we we do get the the Carolina week seventeen, right? So I can't I can't complain about that. Um, I I have a lot of Julio, but it's a lot of Julio, you know, four From weeks ago, three weeks ago. Round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I, I feel it, and it isn't something you shouldn't stop drafting somebody at this particular point because you've got you know cheaper earlier because it could still turn out to be a win and pick in that round. And you mentioned that it is a little bit flat in that area. It is the area that Tim Patrick was going on. He's obviously now injured, so. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a jump there in terms of where I was taking him a couple of weeks ago, but that was always the the plan. So we can start to slot him in there as well. And I think with the roster that we have also built here after bypassing uh, wide receiver a little bit early in the draft, I think some of the veteran players like that can can be smart plays to, to slot in. I know I talked earlier about trying to target upside, but we have a lot of upside built into this roster with the first and second year players. So hopefully Julio just wants to play football in 2022 and that will help. I would assume team 12 has had a, an auto pick there. They have ended up with Tim Patrick, but four picks away. Um, we'll see how it plays out over the next. That's, that's really unfortunate luck, you know, if you do auto pick at that point, but four picks away. Any prime targets here that you're you're looking to to get, JJ? Um, I mean, I don't know who's available right now exactly. Uh, it is. It is I'm going to go ahead. It. I'll pull it up. Just yeah, there we go. go. Yeah. Probably um yeah i mean I, I i don't mind going wide receiver here to just keep building that up a little bit um you know we feel generally okay with the running back position um i mean i, I think we can go in any direction like we can go 
with whoever we feel like is, um, you know, in, in the, in the best spot overall, I, I'm looking at the wide receiver list. I, I like Jahan Dotson this year a good bit. I uh, who's on the, and I think it was Daryl Henderson still available too. I'm kind of intrigued was, by yeah. Henderson as like a zero RB type target. Oh, he went in the last pick, sorry. Went oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I would have some interest in Fairmouth as well if you wanted to go tight end, but I'll, I'll let JJ have the, the call here. You also mentioned Trevor Lawrence. He's here, but we have no stacks or correlations with that. So Yeah, we don't have any Jacksonville. Um, let's go Five Dotson. Five seconds. Okay. Yeah. The the one thing I'm looking at right now, um, I'm just going to go ahead and show it because this is getting pretty late here. We've got some options at quarterback in particular. I I'm not. I don't know where JJ's at on Mac Jones. I kind of like Mac Jones for a year two leap. He's a couple rounds off still. We can even run something back with Baker Mayfield. And as gross as it is now, even Carson Wentz is almost on the table. So is Ryan Tannehill. He mentioned Wilson earlier. So I don't really feel too obligated into kind of shoehorning one of these earlier quarterbacks the current adp i'd almost rather keep on padding some of these other positions with some of these other guys who we like knowing that there's a few more quarterbacks still available to us with stacks with um you know later round draft capital and what we know is now it's just going to be a three round build or a three quarterback build i'm, I'm kind of partial to keep going that way i in I situations agree. like this i have kind of just uh, defaulted to going like a New England stack because you can just get yeah. there. like you can get like a Bourne and Hunter Henry and Mac Jones and just be done. Yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> like yeah. it's, I don't know if it's going to go well or not, but I'm yeah, it's just an that. easy. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you're, you're no one's expecting like like no one's drafting Mac Jones as like their QB one in like a regular season long league for good reason. You know, I don't know if the ceiling week to week is going to be there, but clearly he's going to have some weeks where he's able to throw three or four touchdown passes. So, you know, if, if that happens when we need it to happen, um, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers is, has a decent enough week 17 matchup um, and m- maybe Mac Jones helps us get there. Uh, so I, I don't mind going that route at all. The other thing too, with the three quarterback build, which I, I go two quarterback more than I go three quarterback in these builds. But um, the other thing with the three quarterback build is it, it allows for a little bit more differentiation with your lineup uh, because you're getting multiple stacks that other teams just aren't getting in that combination. Cause obviously there's three combinations rather than two that you're sort of working off of. And so there's at least a little bit more of a differentiator there as well. So it's not like the end of the world. You just, you know, whenever it's, it's crunch time and you're in these like final five rounds, it's just, you got to think really strategic about the direction that you're going. You have to reach a little bit also just to make sure that you can get those stacks. Yeah, no, I agree. So the other thing, uh, we do have Aaron Rodgers now, and we obviously have Dalvin Cook. So if we do pair him up with a few of the Packers, um, that is going to leave us with uh, another stack for Week 17, you know, with the comeback with uh, Dalvin Cook. So let's see how it plays out. KJ Hamler, somebody I was hoping that we might have had an option at here, and KJ Osborne, who both went in that last round, uh, or since we last picked. So we do have Tyler Algier, KJ Osborne, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, uh, Naheem Hines, James Robinson, Pickens, Hamler. Interesting there that we're talking about the wide receivers for the Patriots. I don't think we mentioned either Devontae Parker or Jacoby Myers, but they go yeah. back to back. How are you feeling overall about the the entire Patriots wide receiver core, I guess we'll say? I think that from a, a percent rostered standpoint, I've drafted uh, Kendrick Bourne the most uh, just because he's been the cheapest. Um, but I, you know, I've sprinkled in other guys. I, I haven't gotten as much Jacoby Myers as I have some of the other guys only because I don't, really think that he has the same type of weekly ceiling that a player like even Devonte Parker, who can be a red zone threat. You know, I'm not a big Devonte Parker fan doesn't separate very well. Um, but he's apparently he's evidently doing decent enough in camp right now, which is good to hear. Um, and, and they, they do need that like 
true sort of like X uh, that, that can play on the outside. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's at least able to put up like a seven or eight touchdown season this year. I don't think that would be shocking. Um, so I've just sort of gravitated towards him more than I have Jacoby Myers uh, in these drafts. Yeah. My, my favorite one is usually free in the last round is a uh, take one Thornton. I think is a, a yeah. fun pack of if things work out. <laughs> we obviously, we, we just have a full rookie wide receiving room here at this present moment in time, but we are on the clock. Some of the options available would be Hunter Henry. If we were thinking about going that way, I think he would be interesting. I like Kenneth Gainwell, but we're pretty solid at running back, but we could go with him and then see it out. Who do you want to get here, uh, JJ? Yeah. I mean, straight up, like, I, I think that we have to just, uh, let's just go with Hunter Henry and then we can sort of build around the Mac Jones stack. Yeah, you know, I would say that you, it we, gives you an idea to get the, the idea of that happening anyway. Yeah. I, I will say like straight up in this range, the tight end that I would get is David Njoku. I've been getting him more than, than any other tight end. In, but I just think that given this build where we're at, like we can't sort of force that. Um, you know, whereas, you know, in, in other builds, if you felt good, about your stacks already, then, then, you know, I would reach a little bit. I just feel like Njoku is like four or five spots too low in tight end ADP right now. And uh, with now having Hunter Henry and Darren Waller, are you happy to, to set a two tight ends for this build with Hen- Henry being the second tight end? I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you just, you know, obviously in any of these situations, you're, uh, you're just hoping that these guys stay healthy. And if they don't stay healthy, then, you know, your lineup's kind of done, but that's just the way that it goes. You have to assume the best yeah. outcome for a lot of these guys. And if we assume that Darren Waller stays healthy and is relatively productive, I think the two ten end build with him and, and, Hun- and Hunter Henry is, is good enough. Yeah. I, I usually play it out as well like that, but uh, sometimes if the likes of uh, Everett or Fant, uh, you know, is, is staring at you, I, I tend to push them into a, a three tight end approach then, but I do try and stick to to where possible. So we are coming back around to our picks since that Nico Collins, Paris Campbell, Kenneth Gainwell, David Njoku, who you mentioned, uh, Matt Ryan, Jarvis Landry have gone off the board, then Curtis Samuel. So we are one pick away here. Uh, was that a laugh of Curtis Samuel is like, why did the person pick Curtis Samuel? Or? He's gone in the 18th round of all the puppy threes I've done so far. So um, anyhow, your guy. yeah, this is who we've got looking at us so far. I think Michael Carter's interesting. Um, oh, did we get sniped? We just got sniped on Isaiah McKenzie. Um, anyone you're looking at here? I have no strong preference with where we're at. Neither do I. I like I like the Jets' playoff schedule um, for this one. Why don't, why don't we go Michael Carter here? Um, I'm good with that. Just to just to get that one out of the way, Isaiah McKenzie. I was really hoping would actually make it back to us. He he had a 168 ADP, so I thought there might be a chance that that we were able to kind of get him and, and jump the, uh, the the Jamison Crowder pick there at the 160 overall. But um, I. Next couple picks here, I think, is where we're going to actually have to hone in on quarterback and hopefully get our guys. Um, the only reason I was fine with fading quarterback here and looking at the ADPs, Mac Jones should hopefully make it back to us, barring anyone in here who's just trying to completely ruin our day. Um, and if, if that happens, then we, we can kind of slowly so start. That's the Jacoby Myers drafter here. Patriots so let's see. Let's see yeah, what happens. It does look like that the, the Jacoby Myers and Devontae Parker teams, though, they have two early ish round. I mean, this yeah. team that has uh, Myers has Dak and Matthew Stafford, and the team that has Devontae Parker has Joe Burrow and someone else that was even drafted before that. Um, so, I mean, you guys know how these drafts go sometimes and how yeah. people people love to ruin other people's lives by ruining their stacks. Yeah, that, that's they really happen. do. The, the thing is, I think at this point in time, we're kind of insulated no matter what, because some of the some of the guys that we have rostered 
are would would cover someone I think doing that. Like if if you want to take Mac Jones, fine. Like we'll we'll take Ryan Tannehill, I guess, mm-hmm. or we'll take Carson Wentz, or we'll take Baker Mayfield, who we could do with the. We the have GM so many options. So, I think so we have there. ways to get it to get to get it <laughs> yeah. to the end here. With, with the Michael Carter pick too, I'm kind of intrigued by Zach Wilson with this build because we have Elijah Moore mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, so that that would actually even be excellent. Um, and uh, we yeah. obviously we we joked about Singletary earlier, but we get Singletary. Cook actually went to pick after myself and Zach have been talking a lot about Devin Singletary and James Cook. They go back to back in this draft, but to get Michael Carter, then when you're looking at running backs and their gaps in ADP, I love Brees Hall, and I've been drafting Hall a lot. But if I don't draft Hall, I am drafting Michael Carter, and you know, getting him at this particular point of the draft, I think, is as your fourth running back. I, I don't think we can. I think we'll probably still go for a, a fifth, but at, at this point. He is our fourth running back. I would almost be willing to set set on four if we if we had to do that. How are you feeling about running backs with Carter, Singletary, Mixon, and Cook? I think it's a strong group. Uh, you know, the other thing too, we get. I mean, again, it's a running back running back correlation, but we did get a bill to go along with Cincinnati with with Joe Mixon, which was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I think that we could get away with four. Ideally, we would get five here. I think just just with this build. Um, and just throw a complete dart, maybe even in the last round. Uh, but I think it just depends on how you know the, the next couple of rounds can end up going. Oh, if you need darts in the lot, we have we've got darts uh, for the running back position. Oh, yeah. uh, we also have a, a player called uh, Brian Robinson, who, <laughs> uh, who Zach is just single handedly raising propaganda for trying to get trying to get him, you know, get that ADP risen. Almost a fifty percent roster ship of, of Brian Robinson. Nice. Embarrassingly. <laughs> Yeah, I have, I, I've, I've, he's one of my highest roster players right now. Um, oh, there we go. That's all yeah. I need to hear. It's, it's really, it's really mostly a like, 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 I, I don't think Washington's rational. And, no. you know, I, I don't think Brian Robinson was like that amazing of a prospect. He was fine. Like, he, like, I, I've just never seen a more fine kind of prospect overall. Um, and so I wasn't like super, super high. I think we're on the clock right now. Yeah, yeah. We are, are we good so... with Mac? Are we good with Mac Jones here? Then? Yeah, let's, like, go, let's go Mac. We got him, and, and we even have a couple Packers who might be able to get on the, on the way back here if we wanted. So I, we got him. Yeah, we we did it. But continue on the Brian Robinson take though, because a lot of what you're saying is aligned with what I <laughs> with what I yeah. said. So I just want to hear JJ's thoughts through. So I, I just don't think they're rational. And you know, in in a situation like this, you're you always want to try to get those like handcuff pluses, right? Where like, you know, if Antonio Gibson goes down, which obviously he hasn't been able to stay healthy, Brian Robinson understood he's not like the most dynamic running back in the world, but he could still handle 15 plus carries a game. Uh and not only that, but even without an injury to Antonio Gibson, we could just see them use Brian Robinson more than expected. And every report, like I look, I I, I love Antonio Gibson. Like I I I'm obsessed with Antonio Gibson as a player and I wish that they would just use him as a true bell cow, but so many reports like over and over and over again are pointing to this being a true committee. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's Ron Rivera's quote about Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, uh, whether it's them talking about Brian Robinson getting short yardage and goal line work. I mean, there's just a lot of, of bad uh, pub and not only that but the actions themselves right like that's what we always want to look at with what teams do they spent a day two pick on brian robinson i don't i don't think that was just for nothing i think they're a little bit worried about antonio gibson's just general health and they want to keep him fresh because he's such a dynamic player yeah no i i agree um i'm we're, we're locked up with that Wait, we, we could, got nipped on dubs actually yeah but we could go sammy watkins here no. is kind of like a, a, a cheap I don't chance know if I, can go sammy watkins. <laughs> I don't think i can stomach it uh, I'd, go want... born. I'd go born yeah. to get the the Mac Jones. Yep. Yeah. Let's do that. 
that that was, I threw him in there as kind of a another option there. I, if we go naked Rogers, we go naked Rogers. We we need to make we need to come up with some sort of nickname for like when you when you get screwed early on in a draft and you can't really put a stack together and then you just go to Mac Jones, Hunter Henry, and Kendrick Bourne. Like that trio needs some sort of nickname because it's like such an easy go to whenever you screw up early. It really it really but, is. but those sort of things too could like look we're, we're we're joking about it now but when it comes to the end of the season some of those lesser owned stacks could be the absolute key i mentioned at the start you know how let's say we talk about you mentioned now that we have the bills running back in devon singletary we have the running back then on the other side and uh, joe mixon let's just say this team does really well and made it through to week 17 like there's gonna be so many people that are going to be on the joe burrow and the wide receiver stack and the josh allen and the wide receiver stack that if it just turned out to be like you can really flip a flip it on its head it's unlikely to happen but um sometimes having those lesser on stacks or less popular plays can be an easy way to kind of be be uh against the field in a certain way but uh we have kendrick Bourne with mac jones so we we go three out of the last four picks are all patriots players so we, we have that we did miss out on what just out of interest we take kendrick Bourne, who i really like and i i still think based on the buzz around uh, dudes that I would probably still rather go Kendrick Bourne if both were available. How would you feel at that particular point, JJ, at the wide receiver position? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that Bourne, Bourne makes sense there. I think uh, I'm just like, obviously you want to react to the news as it happens, but I think with the, particularly on, on Twitter and social media, when some of the highlights happen, and I've joked about this a number of times, even with the teams tweeting out after the draft, some of the highlights their players were doing in, in training, like the highlights aren't even good highlights and people are like, yeah. wow, like all in, all in on this player right now. And I'm like, that's not even that impressive of a thing that they've just done. Like, you know, maybe we'll wait for something impressive. Um, how are you reacting to the news as it as it happens? You know, with, over the course of I guess the last three or four days with training camp. Yeah, you know, I I, I kind of look at it as um, make sure it's not just confirming priors and and you're doubling down on on how you felt before. Like you know, someone like Romeo Dobbs is really easy. Like I was drafting him everywhere. You know, throughout the the last couple of months, and it's really easy to get like overly excited and then say, oh no, he's like a thirteenth rounder now just because you know every you know he's 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 getting so much hype but at least stay level-headed from that perspective um negative negative pub is always something to pay attention to aside from the positive stuff because that probably means that something truly is is happening that's that's not great um but make sure that that negative publicity is not sort of this like subjective you know a beat reporter just saying something uh you know just to say something you know it's more so like i'm looking at like the objective stuff like is this guy playing with the first team you know Someone like Isaiah Pacheco, who I've uh, who I liked a lot as a prospect, uh, you know, he's running, getting run with the first team. And there's a depth chart there objectively that he can hypothetically overcome. It's not like there's like these like locked in studs in that Kansas City backfield. So you bring everything together and you bring his prospect profile together and how my model liked him and all this kind of stuff. And you can start to build a narrative as to why he's now he goes from someone who you might not have made the team to now, OK, maybe he's an 18th round dart throwing these things in case things just kind of break the, the right way for him. So that's kind of the way that I view uh, these news items. You mentioned an 18th round dart throw. I'm in a, one of the slow FFPC drafts that I mentioned earlier where he went in the, the 12th round earlier today. So these sort of things can happen. I, I just love seeing it happen. Yeah, like that. that's insane. Like that's, yeah, yeah. like there's still, still a chance. And I, I'm, I'm a huge Pacheco guy, but there's still a chance he doesn't even make the team. Like that's still a, a very real possibility. So we are back on the clock. Um, we have some 
options available. Chris Evans would be a running back, but we obviously have Joe Mixon in this, so I wouldn't be really looking to handcuff them. Anyone else that stands out for you here that you would like to get? I think we go three QB build and we go with Zach Wilson here. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was leaning as well. Um, we got we got Elijah Moore. We have Michael Carter, obviously a receiving threat. So if they somehow go off in that that in, in the playoffs in general, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to only be week seventeen. Yeah, Cole Beasley's in the queue as my pick as a random Packers stack. Maybe he goes to Green Bay and uh, partners up with Aaron Rodgers. But is that just because? Both of them are not vaccinated. Was that where we going with that? Or? <laughs> it could be. It could be. I had a I had a Dell Beckham Jr. in there as well, um, but he got sniped. So I I, I just kind of got two two relatively known wide receivers in there as maybe a galaxy brain attempt on a Packers stack. So otherwise, we're probably going to be missing out on our Packers. Uh, but I really think we just need to go running back here. So I I, I put JJ's guy in there. I got Dearness Johnson, who I I really like a lot. Um, we can get Baker Mayfield out of there. Um, so we're, we're coming up. We got one more pick left. Any other, uh, guys who I should be throwing in the queue here? I don't know if you want to add them in, but, uh, we have a lot of Patriots obviously and the, uh, Miami running backs and Sonny Michelle and, um, Raheem Muster usually guys that I'm trying to draft, but just defends if you want to add them in, but they would be facing off against the Patriots in week 17. So I see Mostert is already gone. Yeah. Mostert's gone. I'll put Michelle in there. But uh, we'll let JJ make the last call. Jarek McKinnon, somebody who I'm drafting. But uh, are you fading McKinnon now for Pacheco? No, no, I've I've drafted a ton of McKinnon. I, I'm really, it's more so just like trying to build a portfolio of, oh, there he just, he just got drafted. That's always fun when you add him to the queue and he disappears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really just throwing darts at that backfield in general, right? Um, And it, that includes CEH at times. I mean, I'm not like overexposed necessarily. It's just a lot easier to be really heavy on on McKinnon and I'm starting to draft Pacheco a little bit more now because of the that drum beat because of, of him getting some of those those first team reps and again you know I, I like him as a prospect like there's there's some numbers in there that that really favor him let's do it let's let's take Pacheco that's uh I think that is my first official our first official Isaiah Pacheco pick well, my, it, my first, it could very uh, easily uh, turn into nothing because like it I could, said but sure the the thing the, the the pro side of him making the team though is that he also can play special teams and uh you know you could see a scenario where they and you know it's really interesting that Kansas City backfield they basically like the way that I saw the Pacheco pick is is they they want more explosion in that offense in that backfield that's why they signed Ronald Jones Pacheco best weight adjusted forty time in the class as we know um and so they, they just need that explosion because Ceh was didn't have a single twenty plus yard run last year and so the way I see it is that Jarek McKinnon is sort of like the Ceh you know, he's more explosive just because he's more athletic, but you know, he can play the pass catcher role a little bit, but I think Pacheco is more of that Ronald Jones type, but maybe he has more pass catching upside than we even realize. Cause obviously Ronald Jones doesn't have that. And he has that special teams ability evidently. And so if that's the case, then he might find himself on the roster. And if he's on the roster, he can climb that depth chart because it's not filled with, with unbelievable talent. And with this roster as well, with Cook and Mixon and Singletary, for example, it is likely that we're not really looking for somebody in those first four or five weeks so maybe if he if he can make the roster that's the that's the way it plays out zach give us a, a full rundown here of this uh this team we have assembled we'll give it a, a judgment then as to how we think it turned out yeah give me one second because it's going to kick me out of here after uh is that how bad the draft was no when the draft ends it, it, i think it automatically takes me to the screen so i don't want to get cut off here midway through but I, I i do think overall that i like this team the way it's shaping up to uh see it kicks me out so puppy three 
All right, we're looking at three-quarterback field with Aaron Rodgers, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, running backs, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Devin Singletary, Michael Carter, Isaiah Pacheco, wide receivers, DJ Moore, Darnell Mooney, Elijah Moore, Traylon Burks, Sky Moore, Julio Jones, Jahan Dotson, Kendrick Bourne, and then we have a two-tight end build with Darren Waller and Hunter Henry. Um, again, we just we got that Patriots we got that Patriots stack going on. When uh, when all else fails, you you go Patriots. So that that's the team. Uh, JJ, what, what do you think overall of the squad here? I'll give it like a six-five. You know, out of ten. You know, it's not it's not one that I would like be jumping over joy for. But I I think that we were just put in some tough situations. In hindsight, we should have gone Aaron Jones over Joe Mixon. The way that Aaron Rodgers fell in that draft, the fact that Rodgers went after Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins that ruined and and even Derek Carr that ruined us really. Like that 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 range was really what what hurt Uh, our. That was that was twelve picks. It was only twelve picks, but that really put us in a bind. Yeah, like that that's what it comes down to. And, and like that's going to happen in these drafts because people are not necessarily rational about the way that they're stacking their own teams, right? Um, so it happens. So I, I think that if we had a piece with Rodgers, like if we had Aaron Jones instead of Joe Mixon, I'd feel, you know, I maybe would give this a 7-5 instead of a 6-5, you know? Um, but I think it's 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 at least different. Like we, we got the, the three QB build and those uh, secondary quarterbacks have decent stacks with them. So if things go, uh, you know, the right way for them in those offenses, like they could still thrive and be fine. And the individual players that we drafted, I liked. Um, and so that's always good. Like if you can get those individual values, you know, even if you're not stacking hard, um, you know, you can still be all right. Yeah, the the, cor- the correlations aren't as strong maybe as you would like, but we were able to achieve some of those backdoor stacks, which really did help the roster. Um, in terms of the Aaron Rodgers element, there was a message in the chat to say that Randall Cobb was an option. Uh, I have got taken too. Did he? he got, yeah. So he, he got went. he got taken. Yeah, I I saw that comment and I was like, well, if worse comes to worse, maybe Randall Cobb, and he was taken too. So and that would like we we seen our reaction with the Sammy Watkins option. Uh, it would be even more so that with the, the Randall Cobb option. But yeah, I think overall it played out pretty well. I think you mentioned there the key points, JJ, with some of those swaps that we could have done to help it build out. But I think overall, from a structural perspective, I think we achieved kind of a lot of the things that we were talking about throughout the draft. But yeah, um, I think it was fun. The way that's the key: uh, have a fun draft and, and ha- draft some players that you like. So I think we're not in a bad spot. Um, JJ, as we get ready to close things up here, we did mention the draft guide at the start, but let the the people listening and know where they they can find it. Yeah, so you can go to lateround.com and find everything I'm I'm offering. I have a Patreon. We have a great Discord. Uh, the draft guide, uh, which is twenty four ninety nine, um, and you get weekly updates every Friday with like updated rankings and stuff like that. Uh, and then the late round podcast, which you can find anywhere podcasts can be found. That's nice and simple. Anywhere podcasts can be found. I might add that line into my uh, outros as well. Uh, Zach, obviously they can follow you on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. I'm heading over to the US next week. So I'll be meeting up with you there. We haven't decided if there will be a stream next Tuesday for people listening. And obviously this one is on Wednesday. We normally do them on Tuesdays, but anything coming out this week that you want to let the listeners know about? Uh, I just recently dropped a better and best ball running backs article over at NBC sports edge. You can check that out. Um, I have another running backs article actually that I'm planning on working on. Hopefully get started on that today, have that ready for tomorrow, maybe be published on Friday. So um, another article on NBC sports edge, likely in the hopper for the end of this week. And then outside of that, I call myself to get my house ready for you, man. I got to get it cleaned up and in order for, for our, uh, our, our highly respected guests. So uh, yeah, get, getting Zach, that set up. Zach mentioned to me a couple of days ago, he was out looking at some 
uh, houses and i was thinking like don't don't buy a new house just because i'm coming over to visit so, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we were we were considering going all out and, and going four hundred thousand dollars in debt for a, a nice uh, place for you to stay it's a, yeah, yeah it's a common weekend in, <laughs> a common weekend in the united states Colin. I mean, it's it's, a, yeah, it's, this is what we do yeah it would make make a lot of sense so yeah um i've just got a lot of podcasts coming out so check those out you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland but a lot of fun having jj on the show really enjoyed talking through the draft some of the conversation that we had there and obviously uh, hopefully this team gives us a little bit of a run, but we did get a little bit of snipage that, that put us in a little bit of pressure. But thanks for everyone for tuning in. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. And until we're back with another podcast, have a good one. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.